welcome back to another episode of the Raven Geeks, the official geek culture podcast of CM Life. I am your host, Steve Tiemann. Unfortunately, Jordan is not able to join us today, so we are joined by two other Raven Geeks that aren't usually on the show, but we brought in some help. So today we have Bryce Tufts and Mitchell Kakalka. Fellas, Hello. how's it going? It's going well. Thank you very much for having me. Super good. Awesome. All right, well, we're going to get right into it because we've got a lot to talk about. The cast for the new Lion King has been announced because, as we all know, Disney loves money. So we got a pretty solid cast. I'm just going to go through them if y'all want, and we're going to just quick reaction, mini reaction to each thing. So I'll keep it real tiny. The first one, Simba, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. He's in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's in Community. Heckin yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. 100%. Nala, Beyonce. Yeah, no. Sure. I'd say yeah. Okay. I think she's one of the more recent ones because like um, Donald Glover and like the re- uh, few key members of the cast have been announced before. But I yeah. Think, um, like the most recent announcement, like that was kind of the big centerpiece that people were paying attention to was Beyonce. Yeah. As Nala from Lion King. My concern is, can she act? She can bring in money. I think that's has, what that's they care true. about. She <laughs> has acted before in a couple movies in the um, mid to late 2000s, but okay. nothing like too big. The recently. golden age. I do know that <laughs> the cover of Can You Feel the Love Tonight with Childish Gambino and Ooh. Beyonce is going to be on top of all of the charts <laughs> all the time. So that'll be, like Bryce said, money. Much money. Mufasa is uh, James Earl Jones. Of He's course. returning for The Voice because, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, Scar, it's not Jeremy Irons, that kind of upset some people, but it's Chiwetel Ejiofor, he's in Doctor Strange as Mordo. Oh, that's where he's from. And he's yeah. in other things that I can't think of. He was, um, in the Firefly, Firefly movie, Sarandi, he was the main bad guy in that. Okay, he's, cool. he's pretty menacing, he's got a mm-hmm. menacing voice, so. Uh, Sarabi, who is the, uh, queen, Simba's mother, is Alfre Woodard. She is, um, she's she like one of the- like, Can I see the picture? She's like the boss- Lady and Luke Cage at the beginning with mm-hmm. like oh, the mafia. She's cool. And other things. She's very serious. Uh, yeah. Stoic. She's kind of been making a comeback after Luke Cage. Sure. Yeah. What uh, else she done since Luke Cage? I mean Lion King. That's a that's a comeback. That's a comeback. <laughs> that's a comeback. Uh Zazu, the toucan, is John Oliver. That'll be good. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That was um Rowan Atkinson that. back in the day, Mr. Bean. Really? Yeah. I did not realize that. That's a good. Uh, that's a good move. I like the John Oliver. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Uh, Rafiki, who is like the baboon, that is John Connie. He's T'Chaka in Civil War. He's Black Panther's dad. Okay. Before he gets blown up. Oh, okay. So that'll be cool. This one I'm not t- super sold on. Uh, Pumbaa is Seth Rogen. No, it fits. The only reason that I say that is because we're gonna hear the laugh. We're gonna hear the Seth Rogen. <laughs> But it fits a Pumbaa so good. That is true. Like, the first time you heard Seth Rogen, you probably saw, like, a picture of Pumbaa in your in your head. Yeah, probably. It fits really well. Yeah. Uh, Timon is Billy Eichner. He is um, mm. Craig from Parks and Rec. She drove me here. That guy. I was like, oh, that guy. Wait, yeah. who is he? He's he's Craig from Parks and Rec. Well, who's he, oh, he's going to be Timon? He's Timon, yeah. Uh, I don't know about that one, actually. We'll see. I'm on. I can see it. He's known. Um, besides, I, have, I actually haven't seen him in Parks and Rec, but like he's known. Um, he's kind of been making a name for himself as comedian, stand-up comedian. Um, he appeared. He's appeared on Conan a couple times as a special guest. Yeah, he has like a thing where he just goes on the street and asks people random questions. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, Billy I saw an ad for that. Yeah, I don't know about it though. I'm on. I'm gonna give that one a solid maybe. A solid could be maybe. Good. Could right. be bad. 
Uh, we, the hyenas are Eric Andre, which is an interesting move on Disney's part. If you've, ever, if you've ever seen the Eric Andre show, it's like him. it's right up your alley. Bryce okay, Stewart, okay. I love it. Um, Shenzi, the hyena that was Whoopi in the original, is Florence Kasumba. I had to look her up. She's a Ugandan actress. She played Black Panther's uh, bodyguard who was going to beat up Black Widow. Oh. Okay. So she'll play. That'll do well. She'll play menacing and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, Keegan Michael Key, they changed the name of the hyena, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be the one that's like crazy. Crazy, the, the laughing one, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I know that fits. And then two adorable African American children will be young Simba and young Nala. There they are. Are they from something? Oh, I don't no, think so. I have no idea. Child They're actors. too young to be Aww. from something else. So, yeah. Well, this will be the first thing, and then I'll be, then they'll be able to say, I was in Lion King. So. And then they'll be famous. And Good. Then, and then they'll get a Home Alone kind of kind of arc. <laughs> child, a- child actors. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. So, there's our cast. That's Mostly for it. Timon and Pumbaa will take some getting used to, because those voices are so iconic. Mm-hmm. Pumbaa, but, Pumbaa I'm on board with. Timon. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. All of course, right. Of course, Mufasa's the same, though. Yeah, like, obviously. They, that, wonder, there would be rioting in the streets. I wonder if it's going to be like a Darth Vader thing. You know how, like, in this new Rogue One, he just sounded, like, super old? Like, Yeah, <laughs> it was, like... There were parts of it where it would, they they were like, okay, James, you're going to be Darth Vader again, and he, like, got into it real, like, too much. And, yeah. like, some of his lines to Krennic were, like... Eh, raspy. not great. So, like, raspy. They were, like, an old... A lot older. Yeah. I think the older thing might actually work um, to his advantage in this role, though. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Um, There there was a clip. It was either, like, a scene that was leaked or just a scene that was online of Justice League because there was all the talk of the Danny Elfman Batman theme from the 89 Mm -hmm. Batman appearing in Justice League. So we saw the scene that that was in. Uh, Commissioner Gordon, played by J.K. Simmons, is up on the roof of the Gotham Police Department. Batman is there being Batman, and he swoops in. And he's talking with the Justice League. And have you guys seen this? Yes. Yeah, I have. What were your thoughts? So like, good. <laughs> did you like the whole scene just like in general or like, because I had like one issue, mm. but that was it. Like the quipping is a bit much. The flash quip felt like just so wooden. I don't oh, know good. why. It's the same thing. I was it, thinking. it was like, I liked, I, I forgot how much I liked Batman's voice modulator. Oh, it's cool. Because mm-hmm. it's like. It's better than just. <laughs> yeah, it's not the Bale voice where it's just like. <laughs> but. I watched um I watched the what's the third Batman with Bane? Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Rises. I watched yep. that again. I I didn't realize like how annoying that voice is. It's actually kind of annoying. <laughs> the more he does, I'm like, oh, I can't take him seriously. Stop doing that. Yeah. But the new one, it just sounds like echoey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want it. I also liked um like when Cyborg showed up, it implied that like Wonder Woman is kind of like the glue that's like bringing the team together. Oh, he did. She's like, well, because he showed up and she was like. I knew you'd be here, like something like that. Um, so I, I'm, I feel like I'm gonna like her role in the team. Cause it, plus, since Superman is dead for now, she's like the powerhouse. Is he dead of the though? Team. Is he? Maybe he's not. He's totally not. He's not dead. But he's yeah, not. the one thing I didn't like was they did the old Batman gag of Gordon turns away, mm-hmm. then he turns back, and they're all gone, except for the Flash. And just his line was just like mm. his delivery was no good. The delivery, yeah, I think yeah, it was, it was pretty Ezra forced. Miller's. It's like, oh, that that was that was a rude thing that they just did, and then he runs away. So yeah, that was um, that made me too. But it was it was uh it was okay though because the rest of the scene 
held it up it was because good. It, was, yeah. it was just like watching an old Batman cartoon. It had the music, same music, and like the lines are pretty the same. And like what they were talking about was just about the same. They're like, the converge, the lines all don't converge. And he's like, they converge not on land. And they're like, whoa. This other way. Oh. <laughs> they figured out something pretty simple that the commissioners probably should have figured out, but they did it. So. Because they're superheroes. They're the the clever ones. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll be talking Justice League in two weeks because it comes out 17th. The 17th, yep. So, the Monday after, we'll be talking about that. Hopefully, it's good. That's a good weekend. Hopefully, Zack Snyder didn't burn us again. (laughs) Half of Zack Snyder. That's true. And half of Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. We got half and half on this one. (laughs) All right. So, a news thing that I just saw today. Uh, Disney uh, was revealed that they were talking with 20th Century Fox. Yeah, I just there were, read about there were that. talks because I don't know the reasoning, but there were talks about Disney going in and getting like the movie side of Fox because they wanted to focus on like sports and news. Take that for what you will. But I don't know what that means. It might mean we're getting X-Men in the MCU eventually, is what that means. What's, what, what's the sports and news part? Though? Oh, yeah, I don't know. They're. It's like Fox, NBC, and I was going to be like, is going to be like Disney Channel, and then all the all the people well, anchors are going to have to do the 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 ears <laughs> with the magic wand. <laughs> no. From what I read, um, Fox is going to be like, I don't know if downsizing is the right word, but like they're going to focus. Like Fox is still going to be a company, and they're going to focus on like their news and their sports, and less on the movies oh. for whatever reason. And then the movie side odd. of the house, which seems like a bigger part of the house. We'll go to Disney. So all of the rights that Fox owns, X-Men, Fantastic Four, <laughs> Alien, uh, I think Predator. Alien? Oh Fox my. owns Alien. They're going to get um, rid of that, though? The rights to the original <laughs> Star Wars trilogy are still with 20th Century Fox. There's a lot that Fox holds. <laughs> Kingsman is Fox. Goodness all of wow. that will be under the thumb of Mickey Mouse. I don't I don't, I don't know how that's going to go, though. Like, how often does a massive company that owns everything like try to downsize usually they just try to eat everything in their path i don't know well it's kind of been um and i read this like just a while ago so i can't like speak as an authority but the fox and disney have kind of been um in talks like this for a while on and off but and like this is maybe probably just the first time that's come to light that yeah this is um very much Potentially a possibility right. um, on the horizon. Especially like, on this level, because <laughs> mm-hmm. especially like on the Marvel side of the house, I, I'm kind of aware of a lot of the stuff that's going on. Um, they like they trade rights mm-hmm. for like um, uh, they they traded Ego the Living Planet for Negasonic Teenage Warhead because Fox okay. owned the rights for that, uh. but Marvel owned the rights to the name. Because mm-hmm. and in Deadpool they were like, well, we don't want our powers because our powers are weird in the comics, but we dig the name. So we're going to give it to this girl and give her some other powers. Okay. And then Marvel was like, okay, if we can use Ego in Guardians 2. So there is like a basis for it. But on this level, I feel like this is a whole new ballgame. Mm-hmm. I like that trade. It's a good trade. It is a good trade. <laughs> Best trade deal in the history of trade deals. You know what's a better trade? What? Some money for the X-Men and the Fantastic Four <laughs> and Deadpool. And then we can have Galactus and Doctor Doom in the MCU. No changing Deadpool, though. Just... Oh yeah, just a seamless, not so seamless. Yeah, he, he's, he, giant scene. They'll say it. They'll they'll recognize it. He'll he'll <laughs> reference it. He'll turn the genre on its head in a lot of ways. But yeah, well, that also means kind of m- most likely a complete like overhaul of the X Men cast for sure. Yeah, um, that'll be okay. 
I'm not, so I'm not yeah. too attached to anybody mm-hmm. except yeah. for Wolverine, but he's dead. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like McAvoy and Fassbender as uh, Xavier and Magneto, but other than that, yeah. I could take it or leave it. I like super attached. It's all right. I just I really like First Class. It's all right. Yeah. So that they're mm-hmm. just like they're there. But yeah, so moving away from the news, the big topic, we all saw a little film this past weekend called Thor Ragnarok. Did we? Also known as Thor, the best Thor. And mm-hmm. uh, guys, what what did you think? Colorful and good, and it made me happy. <laughs> that's it was that's, unexpected. It's a very good review. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about what I'd say too. All right. And I'd agree with the best for, Thor. It's probably up there with my favorite. Top five, probably MCU movies. I would say That's exactly five, what you mm-hmm. said when we left the theater. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so good. I loved it. I have a lot of things here that we could talk about. Uh, so so I'll just like go through them. Um, I really digged like, because well, it was directed by Taika Waititi. And mm. if you've listened to the podcast before, I talk about Taika Waititi all the time because he's amazing and I love so his movies. And How many times have you seen Hunt for the Wilder People? Too many. It's, too many. That's it's been a lot. That's in my top five favorite movies ever. Mm. It's so good. You if you haven't so seen it, <laughs> I would recommend it again. It's so good. I love it. And people from in that are in this. Oh, they are. And it made me very happy. Melt stick lady. The melt stick lady. She is um, Paula in Hunt for the World of People, <laughs> the overbearing child protective services lady. You probably have you seen it? I've seen parts of it. Okay, but yeah. I haven't seen it all the way through. I've seen <laughs> okay. um. What we do in the shadows that's is, really is more that a couple weeks ago. is probably most like mainstream success um, yeah. up until Thor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I really liked the characterization for Thor and Loki, especially because it's mm-hmm. like just this constant back and forth with them of like <laughs> we're brothers, but Loki, you're just a bad person, so Loki, I have to deal with that. Loki is a bad person, <laughs> more very high key, high key, super high key. He he blew up New York. It's pretty high key. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like I like the the backstory with them, like doing like their bits. Oh, a snake bit. I like that. Yeah. Snake oh yeah, bit. the snake bit. Mm-hmm. I yeah. uh I like how they I like how Loki like turned on him at the end. Like they were gonna steal a ship, I think. And uh it's kinda like you're like, oh, they're on the same side now, and then Loki kinda like wanders off and you're like, Oh, he turned on him again. You're like, <laughs> oh, well of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm glad they didn't just drop that off. Yeah. And um, the Hulk, that was a big thing in this movie. That was like a big draw because they, they brought Planet Hulk into this because, as we all know, we can't get a, a solo Hulk movie because mm-hmm. of other movie rights. So uh, what do you guys think of the Hulk in this movie, how his character changed and all that? I, I liked him in the movie. It's um, definitely a very different Hulk than we've kind of um, come to be used to from the MCU movies, like, this unstoppable rage machine. Now he's very childlike. Yeah. Um, innocent in his own way, in that like childlike way, mm-hmm. but still like very destructive. I think in like some of the, like the descriptions that people gave, like the Marvel honchos and like Taika mm-hmm. in their interviews, they were like, he's been the Hulk for two years. So he's got like a really like his vocabulary is like a four year old. Mm-hmm. And he's like used to this like level of fame because he's just the champion. So it, was like really interesting to see him kind of take on like the Thor role of like being like cocky and like yeah. I'm the best ever all the time fighting <laughs> nerds and then Thor shows up and he's Thor is the voice of reason in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. I like the new Thor. I never really I liked Thor, but I wasn't like mm-hmm. on the on the Thor boat. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, kind of Thor's just Thor. But in this movie, he's like he's he's a kind of like a likable, cool guy now. Mm-hmm. 
He's like he actually has like responsibilities. Yeah, and like characterization and yeah, flaws man. and an arc. Yes. And that wow, that arc. I did not see any of that coming. Like they really just uh, spun Thor on his head right there. Yeah. They they let him have it. Mm-hmm. So how about I think the cameos in this movie were some of my favorite things. Doctor Strange is in it mm-hmm. for about five minutes, and I really enjoyed that because, like, some of the complaints with Doctor Strange were the like the the first Doctor Strange film. It was like, well, he only has like two things that he does, and he's like Tony Stark light. But then this, it was like he had more of like a grip on his powers. So there were like weird camera changes, and he was like making things appear and disappear, and the whole nifty. Loki thing <laughs> with the ring. That was really funny. I think the I've been falling for 30 minutes, that was one of my favorite lines in <laughs> no, the film. That was really good. They really, they really do, like you said, kind of like differentiate Doctor Strange and give him, um, just with this short cameo, kind of his own identity within the larger universe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one massive question, though. That is, okay. Should I do it yet? Should I ask this giant question that the movie gave me? Depends what if depending on your schedule for the podcast. I mean, I'm just kind of going through it. We're not really worried about non-spoilers, spoilers. So just just throw it out there. Just fire away. Just All fire right. away. How how on earth does uh what are they called Asgardians? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how do their lives and deaths work? Because we have one Asgardian explode into fairy dust, and then we have a few other ones where they just kind of die, and then they get buried in a crypt, but they can be brought back to life ish, and then and then they also they've been living for like thousands of years, but have they? Because they don't really have a grip on a lot, but they, but they are old. Yeah. They do mention it in the movie, but Asgardians, um, <coughs> in some way, it's not really explained, but they draw their power from Asgard, the place. But it's gone. Well, yeah. yeah that's exactly. Asgard is the people, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe the fewer Asgardians you have, the less superpower. Yeah, well, I guess we can we can break that down and like talk about some other things, because the first one, he's mentioned Odin. And like mm-hmm. I said, spoilers, all the spoilers, if you haven't guessed it by now. But Odin, he obviously died, and he mm-hmm. kind of—that was dust. one of my complaints. I think there there wasn't enough Hopkins in this film because like mm-hmm. that's like that was like the draw for Thor. It was like you got Anthony Hopkins in a yeah. Marvel movie, and he's Odin. That's awesome. And he was just kind of like, "Hey guys, I'm on Earth, but I'm gonna die." Though you do get to see um, in <laughs> his first appearance when Loki is still. Um, uh, masquerading as Odin, you, oh, you do yeah. get to see Anthony Hopkins like play Loki. That's true. Playing that was, Odin, that and that was very entertaining. Yeah. And Matt Damon playing Loki. Was that, that Matt was, Damon? That was Matt Damon. That was Matt Damon. That was hilarious. And that was like afraid to ask in the theater. I was like, was that Matt Damon? <laughs> <laughs> Just to everyone in yeah. the theater, it's stand up. <laughs> Does but, anybody know if like, that was Matt Damon? <laughs> uh, time <laughs> out, real quick. Did anybody get that? <laughs> do you uh, you know who Thor was? It was his brother. It was uh, Chris Hemsworth's. Chris Hemsworth's yeah. brother. I didn't pick up on okay. that. Yeah. The, the not other brother. <laughs> the, yeah. the one that's not in other movies. Yeah. <laughs> What's that one's name? Uh, Luke? Luke Hemsworth, I think? <gasps> he might be in Westworld. Somebody oh, he is. Westworld. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's a guy. He is a guy. <laughs> I haven't seen much of Westworld. Yeah. So, continuing on with Death, the villain. We haven't really talked Good. about her. Hela, oh, she's the Norse goddess book. of death. She's all about it. and <laughs> She's <laughs> all about death. And It's kind of her thing. Yeah. <laughs> She she shows up after Odin dies and is like, I'm going to go get Asgard now, and I'm going to throw a bunch of knives out of nowhere. <laughs> so much big knives. So many big knives. <laughs> and, yeah, what would you think of Hela as a, uh, as a villain? I mean, the, the movie wasn't very, like, villain-centered, so I understand yeah. why she was very two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I get, like, just for a throwaway villain to kind of keep the plot rolling, she was, she was all right. 
Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Like Kate Blanchett's obviously a very talented actress, and she definitely plays the role well. But it's hard to, especially kind of like with the tone of the movie, it's hard to really feel threatened by her character. Sure. Especially like so much of the film is takes place. Um, so much of the film has um, Jeff Goldblum oh, yeah. as the villain. So they're kind <laughs> so of like good. competing for the role of main ta- antagonist. Jeff Goldblum's going to win. Yeah. I didn't time. even consider that. Yeah, he is He is kind of one of the antagonists. Mm-hmm. He was a really good antagonist. He was actually. really good. Especially because he was basically Jeff, just playing Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> he was. And he probably just showed up and they were like, okay, Jeff, just <laughs> just kind of do your thing. We're going to put you in this costume and just just Jeff, Jeff Goldblum about. Uh, my, my Hulk escaped. Uh, he's somewhere um, <laughs> somewhere on the streets. I was, I was dying. Uh, I was so great. Good. Giant hologram of himself just towering <laughs> over the city. Hey, everybody. Uh, and he's like looking around like he can see him. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, he's, he was, a, I think, if I, if I had to choose an antagonist, he was the real, he was the real antagonist of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that was another one of my complaints. I think they had a lot of antagonists in it that mm-hmm. they kind of wasted. But I get why they There's were in it. Like yeah. like Surter, for example, Sir, yeah. the big fire demon. That's like a really yeah. cool, almost. He can come back though. He, he probably could after he you know stabbed Asgard. Spoiler. Two, spoilers. <laughs> he blows up Asgard because sword. the Norse prophecy of Ragnarok calls mm-hmm. for him destroying Asgard, which he did. And they actually did it. They yeah, did. I did not yeah. see that coming. They really. I really did it. But yeah, I feel like he was kind of he was kind of wasted in my opinion. They could have done something cool with him, but by the same token, he is also kind of like a stereotypically just evil yeah. guy in like in the in the mythology, especially he's just like, "Oh, I'm an enemy of Asgard and I'm evil and I'm black and red and there's fire." Mm-hmm. So, in all, in all reality, how many move, like more of these movies can they make? I mean, like why not just kind of use them? Yeah, that's I mean? true. Yeah. That was, um, that's right. Where was I going? Sorry. I have a schedule in front of me, and I hit something, <laughs> and it all messed up. Um, goes away. What else? Uh, how about Valkyrie? What did you guys think of her? She's cool. I, I, like I really her. liked Valkyrie. I liked her spaceship. I like her. She had. Mm. She, I thought she would have, like, a cool backstory. Cool, like... She'd have a cool backstory. She was cool, like... People are always like, oh, like, the female characters are bland, and they're boring, and then they mm. just show up and kick butt at the end. But she was, like, actually had motivations, and she was kind of just, like, a drunk. And then she was <laughs> like, like, nah, her. we're gonna... She's a better Jane. She is a better Jane. I don't. I wasn't yeah. a big fan of Jane. Jane didn't really do much. Yeah, that's kind of like my thing with all like the Thor side characters. <coughs> Other than a few, they're all really kind of disposable. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to compete with Thor? They're all, they're yeah. all just kind of... It's like, know, I have an axe. I have a, a little sword. And they, not anymore. Yeah. That guy, the um, one of the Warriors 3, is the guy who's going to play Shazam. No way. The, like the fencing dude who took like That's three him? knives to the face almost immediately. That guy, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah. Zachary Levi. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that was him. Yep. So <laughs> when I watched that scene when she like shows up in the Bifrost and just like, kills everybody, I was like, well, now he's good to do Shazam. Yeah, I guess he's not so. going to be in Marvel anymore. I'm, I was, what did you think about them getting rid of all of the all of the old characters, like all of his old pals and all of the. It's fine. Know. Yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> really didn't Sif wasn't there, so they could bring her back. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be cool. Where was she? Where was she off at? Uh, I don't know. Getting lunch, maybe? There's probably there's probably some clickbaity article out there where they're like, where was Sif and Thor Ragnarok? Off at Arby's. And they'd probably yeah, tell the, you. Spoilers. She's off at Arby's. She's yep. getting a ordering. They're, they're all backed up. She's in the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. Comes back. Where's Asgard? Yeah. And they got rid of all the boring side characters for some new real good ones, especially Korg, who is my favorite. Korg. What's the little knife guy? 
Uh, little knife. Like booger. meek. 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 I think that was He's like a bog with <laughs> with uh, knife hands. He's so yeah, good. I really liked Korg. Uh, he was voiced by the director, my 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 good mate Taiko T. Um, Scourge. Um, Carl Urban is Scourge. Yeah, he was, was good too. One. Which one's Scourge? Oh, uh, Gun Guy. Yeah, Scourge, yeah, the Gun yeah. Guy. He discovered the unlimited ammo hack at the end. <laughs> he did. Which, by the way, it's interesting to know that the M16A1 is the ultimate dead Viking killer because he just it is killed all of them with uh, with just that. Just that. Mm-hmm. He's just like you know what? Hey, I'm gonna help Thor now. I like how like fast, like just how, how loose the rules are in this galaxy. Oh, it's yeah. like uh, a giant like laser weapon from like an alien planet slash the future is like it's just as good as just an M sixteen. You can just pull one of those <laughs> yeah. out. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I love I love that. So you can use a sword, you use M sixteen, you can Doesn't use like a, a pirate what are the pirate like pour like a, the gunpowder into like it. A flint, like a musket. <laughs> you can musket use a musket, the same. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It, it's all a, a weapon. Bunch of knives. Oh yeah, or, so, or many just a, knives. Yeah. so many gigantic knives. So many gigantic knives that come out of come out of the sky mm-hmm. and, and nowhere and nowhere. Uh yeah. What else? The uh, I think like the the big scene that they put like the most into in terms of like choreography and like hype. Obviously, was the arena scene, and I really liked that. Except for the fact that was the only scene where Thor had the helmet. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was. That was a sweet yeah. helmet, and it was like it's gone. In the first, in Thor, the first Thor, <laughs> he had the cool, stare, like winged helmet from the comics. It was big though. And then people were like, "Why didn't you use that ever again?" And he was like, "It was real heavy, and I hated it, so we didn't <laughs> use it." But then this one, it like looked functional, and you know, like made of plastic and light, and you could have worn that. Yeah. But they didn't. They got rid of the helmet. Broke it real quick. Broke it real quick. But, yeah. That was a good fight. It was a good fight. I, I'm kind of wondering, though. It's like, is every Marvel movie, is, is it all just going to center around Marvel characters punching each other? Like, like good guys. Not not any Marvel character. <laughs> which is like the good guy. Because almost all of them, whenever they meet up, they all, they've all they got to punch each other a little bit. And then they can go punch the villain. I think with superheroes and, like, superheroes teaming up, you, you're going to inherently get that. I guess. Because of, like, mm-hmm. their different... Uh, ways of heroing, I guess. The personalities clashing. Right. Personality clashes, yeah. like, especially. I mean, look, look at even there were there were hints at civil war, all the way back to the Avengers with like Cap and Iron Man, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Let's go! I'll punch you in the face." Even civil war though, civil war, they were like, "Yeah, this is this is a movie where they fight each other." But then you have like both the Avengers, where they're like, "All the Avengers versus a villain," and then like half the movie, you're like, "Just kidding!" All the Avengers versus the Avengers, and then and then the villain comes, and then they kind of like. Decide not to punch like, each other. Oh, so yeah, we need to punch on. that guy instead. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do see that. Probably in Infinity War, there might... I feel like there's oh, going to be minimal punch punching each of each other. That would be good. Because there's a real big purple guy they all need to punch that is going to be pretty evident. There's a lot of punches they got to punch him with. Yeah. So How many punches do you think it would take? So many. Like, how, oh. many, how many licks to the center of a Tootsie Pop? How many, how many punches? How many punches to, to the... Beat Thanos. To beat Thanos. <laughs> so many. So many punches. And we actually got our, f- I feel like our first glimpse of Infinity War in the post credit sequence mm-hmm. of this movie. They're, they're hanging <coughs> out in their spaceship <coughs> with what's left of Asgard heading to Earth. And the all people. of a sudden, a massive spaceship shows up. And Thor and Loki are just looking out the window, and it's like miles across. Confirmed Thanos' ship, by the way. It is. The, uh, somebody... Got Kevin Feige in a room and was like, "Hey, 
what's up with this? And he's like, we call it the Sanctuary 2. Two. And the Sanctuary 1 was asteroids. Yeah, the Sanctuary is where Thanos hangs out in his little rocket chair. Not 100% <laughs> sure what it is. There's just rocks that... He, can he breathe in space? He likes it. He likes the rocks. Right? I, I guess. He likes to float around, look at more rocks. Yeah. Than... So he appears to have abandoned his little rock hangout for a big, okay. scary ship. So I've... Looks well, like a summer home. Is the rocks. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I have to get back to work now. He's like, hey, man, I got this really good galaxy-side property off these rocks. <laughs> you can see me there. Yep. That's where he does his business. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully that we'll see, like, a little bit of that, and then it'll tie right into, have you seen the leaked Infinity War trailer? Yes. Where Thor smacks into the Guardian's windshield yes. with their ship. Thanos is going to take all the Asgardians, he's, you're my slaves, and then he's going to take Thor and he's going to throw them outside the ship. And then Guardians of the Galaxy ship is going to hit him. That's what I'm. That's my theory. Okay, that's my theory. Because you Maybe. can't have him kill everyone right after Thor saves them. Oh, I mean you could. And they got to go live in Norway. But that is true. They do have to go to Norway. <laughs> I'm just so happy about that. <laughs> they blew up Asgard, and then I was like, "Oh, they can go live in Norway now." <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I can't wait for that. That's gonna be such a good day. Because the Earth is just insane now. There's no like they wouldn't care. It's no, like, there's a spaceship <laughs> with like two thousand. Refugees that look just like beautiful humans. <laughs> and they're like, where do you guys want to live? Well, um, your ancestors worshipped us as gods and they were all Vikings. Can we take Norway? Yeah. Sure. Can you imagine living like in, in this version of Earth? Like it's been 10 years, not even. At this point, I would just be used to it. And mm-hmm. it's like, what? when was First Avengers? 2010? 12. 10 or 12? 2012. So like it's crazy stuff's kind of always been like low key, and then New York just like falls apart with aliens, and then like every now then and then a giant a city flies into the sky, and then there's just there's just crazy giant robots and stuff attacking, and nothing nothing until this nothing would phase me at this point. If I was living in that universe, it's like ten years on, it's like we've had aliens, we've had robots, we've had maniacs running around in suits punching each other. Black Panther's like whole city, his whole yeah, the entire country of Wakanda. (laughs) It's just it's a mess. It's crazy. It's a beautiful mess. It's a beautiful mess. You'd learn a history class. You'd be like, hey, so uh, World War II, there were Nazis. And also one of them had a red skull for face. I'm moving on. You'd be like, wait, wait, go <laughs> wait, back wait, to wait, the <laughs> Time out. What? Wait, what? They actually do hint at that in um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, when, do they? Yeah, when Peter Parker's in um, in some class. Yeah, uh, there's, talking about. there's Avengers stuff throughout that high school. Oh, like good. In his science class, there's like a bunch of like scientists up on oh, top. Banners in there. And Bruce Banner's on the end, yeah. <laughs> which... On one hand, I I guess because he was like really smart, but he got the gamma rays. Yeah, but he also like trashed New York two or three times. Would you really want to put interesting that guy to in your see classroom? like yeah, like what his PR firm? Yes, yeah, like, <laughs> the Avengers PR, PR firm. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah, bad. You had to Robin Shabazzki out front. Like no, 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 no. It was a Hulk, and then it was a different Hulk that was bad. It's fine. Yeah, no one would buy that. They'd be no, like, so which like, Hulk is it? <laughs> you never know. The green one is with us. How many things does he like? Broken. He's broken a lot of, a lot of buildings. He, yeah, he fell on that one guy's farm that one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so broken a lot of stuff. Has he broke? Has he fixed more things than he's broken? No, no, he's a scientist. No. <laughs> he doesn't do. No, he doesn't no. do anything. <laughs> and then he tried to do the science with Tony. It's like we'll fix everything with this oh, science. But he and, broke it even more. And then that science was even worse. <laughs> then he broke that entire South African city. That is true. He Age wrecked Walker. Johannesburg. <laughs> So I do have a question kind of and like going out of Thor. Marvel has like a big thing where every movie people are like, it's fun. And then 
people that aren't fans of Marvel or, in my opinion, are mad that DC aren't, isn't as good say, <laughs> oh, well, all your movies are just fun and there isn't anything like else to them. So, I, like, the question I just want to pose is, is there anything, like, what's so wrong about Marvel films being fun? Like, Thor, I can't especially with, it. like, the last three, Thor, Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. Wait. And those three all were big successes. Mm-hmm. Um, Guardians 2 is probably, like, people were the least receptive of, even though they still really were, but, like, yeah. especially Spider-Man and Thor. They might have gone a little too wacky with Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. That was the problem I had. It was, like, this was, like... Limits. Too many jokes and too like little time. That is fair. Like too many poop jokes. The uh, you know everybody's got to kind of find their tonality though. And it, they they what was what was the first one that was a little wacky? Maybe it was Ultron that was like started to get wacky. I think the first Avengers was. Well, that was Quip City because Josh Whedon, oh, Joss yeah. Whedon directed. Because they 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 like slowly gotten and our Guardians of the Galaxy one was like their big first mm-hmm. like super wacky one. They're yeah. like oh everybody loves this and then everything since then has been kind of like. Turning and so I think they kind of found their place, just like DC found their place with the, with those Batman movies back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, the Batman Begins to yeah, the Dark Knight Rises, Christopher Nolan ones. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. they were like, oh, people really like this uh, this dark and gritty one, mm-hmm. and those are all really good movies, except for his voice. I'm I'm not sold on his voice. <laughs> nah, but I think a couple of these movies like do have like at least like a bit more depth, and I think like people give them credit for like. Mm-hmm. Um, People have pointed out in Guardians 2 how there's um, a bit of examination on, like, poisonous, like, father figures and, like, family dynamics. And um, you get Michael Keaton's, like, great role as Vulture in Spider-Man, which kind of um, gives more context on, like, what regular people, um, uh, how how they're reacting to, like, this um, crazy new world that the Avengers have created. Yeah, and it's like an... He, he almost, there's like an inequality gap that he addresses. Yeah. And he's like, mm-hmm. why are you running around doing Tony Stark's errands? He doesn't care about you. He's got bajillions of dollars and you're just a kid. Mm-hmm. Tony. And then I would argue that boy. Thor does that as well because like we get a little backstory about Asgard when Hela is giving some exposition and she said, <coughs> Odin wasn't always this benevolent king that like you guys think you know. He conquered the Nine Realms by force and I helped him. We drowned the galaxy in blood to found this empire and you guys just have this image of Odin as just oh yeah I'm, I'm a great king I'm a wise king and then when Thor realizes that Asgard has to be destroyed he's like addressing like this system that he's like helping enforce mm-hmm. and it's like somebody brought this up the other day on the internet and I was like that's like a super deep point that I didn't think of but it makes total sense when you look at the fact that it's being directed by a Maori guy in New Zealand like one of the indigenous population of New Zealand and mm-hmm. they've had to deal with imperialism from the British and then continuing with the Australian and like yeah. New Zealand governments of today like that's like a super interesting thing that he snuck in about like sometimes it might have to all go the yeah. whole system I'm not yeah the nine realms whatever they are yeah hey, what's your what's your take on what that we, we were talking about it trying to figure out what the nine realms are because we got we got <laughs> Planet, it's pretty much like a Star Wars galaxy at this point. Yeah. And then like the realms is like, is it dimension? Is there just like a bunch of planets in their little in their little solar system? Well, Hela does say at one point that like it was Odin's greatest failure that he stopped at nine realms. Uh, and so I think um when we're talking about realms, there's probably one realm for every planet in the galaxy, but they just happen to uh um this like 
super advanced Norse um, pantheon just happened to stop at nine, mm-hmm. one including Earth. I think there was, super I'm going to butcher their names. There's like, I think they're planets. I think mm-hmm. each realm is a planet. Because like you see in the first Thor, they get zapped away from oh, Jotunheim. Yeah, planets. Yeah. And it shows them like, it shows the planet from space. And it's just one planet. And then there's uh, Vanaheim from Thor 2. And that's Is it like the Rockman one? That w- yeah, that was where he busted the Rockman. It was like a yes. foresty type mm-hmm. built place. And then Earth. And then Asgard's like a weird thing. There's four of the nine. Earth, yeah. Earth is Midgard. really lucky yeah, with Earth theirs. Everybody well, else, the Asgardians just zap to and they start <laughs> beating people up. Earth. Well, keep in mind, like, this is part of, like, ancient Norse mythology. Like, yeah, this was, um, the whole Nine Realms thing was kind of set set in stone a long time ago, and Marvel's kind of had to, like, make sense of it. So that's kind of, so that mm-hmm. kind of lends itself to a bit of confusion with mm. where exactly all these realms are. <coughs> I'm okay with planets. I can, I can, yeah. I, can, I'm, I can be okay with planets. If we're trying to ground it with science, then... <laughs> Planets as much that. as you can in the universe part, <laughs> <As much. laughs> where you have a raccoon and a dude in a suit <laughs> so of armor good. flying around and a big green guy. A little bit of science. And a tree. And a, ch- a tree man. Yeah, and Howard the Duck somewhere out there. <laughs> he's he's somewhere. Multiple times. Like many more times than you think. He yeah. was in the second Guardians of the Galaxy too. Mm-hmm. Or the CGI on him is just like, it's like 10 years behind like the rest <laughs> of the movie. Just, they're just like, you know what? No. We're not gonna, Nobody's going to take this seriously anyway. Also, CGI from like 2004 mm-hmm. is going to mm-hmm. be that. Oh, so good. All right. Anything else last minute about Thor? What was um, what was Stan Lee's part in it? He cut Thor's hair. He cut Thor's hair. Yeah. With that crazy haircut. <laughs> that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. That was good. Yeah. Other than that, I think that was, that was all the Thor things. That's a wrap on Good movie. All right, yeah, good movie. So we're going to go into our next segment real quick. Uh, what what we've been reading, watching, or playing, a little recommendation segment. I have been getting kind of into Call of Duty World War II because my roommate got it for the PlayStation. Oh, no. And it's fine. No. It's like I expected more for, like, visuals. Like, the, like the few main characters look really good, but then, like, you meet, like, a a side character that's in it for like one oh, one a mission, one level, and they just look bad. Just didn't didn't finish their face. Yeah. And Half like it's still like the sketch. The there's just like something about like all like the, the sound design. There's no like uh like percussion. Like no like when you're like shooting like all these like guns that are supposed to be like super powerful back in World War II, they were using full size rifle rounds and going a thousand yards and whatever. And it just sounds kinda like it's like super lame but get a Battlefield 1 yeah Battlefield 1 does like Call of Duty like this one takes some things from Battlefield 1 and Battlefield does literally all of them better like you can do a bayonet charge in this and it's like the most anticlimactic thing (laughs) like if you've ever like knifed someone in Battlefield 2 you just kind of and then they die it's literally the same thing so you like charge up with your M1 with your bayonet and you stick a German guy and he goes ah there's a little blood and then he dies Whereas in Battlefield 1, like, you, like, stab him and pin him to the ground. There's, like, an animation to it. And this is just, like, they try, they, like, start an animation, and then he just dies. Oh. So, like, that's it's probably going to be, I haven't played the multiplayer yet because my internet's been down. Thanks, United. (laughs) But. um, Shout out. Yeah, shout out. (laughs) It's fine. Probably won't buy it myself. Waiting for Battlefront. Is the zombies any good? I've heard it's good. 
Oh. I haven't played it. Oh, you didn't play it yet. No. That's the only reason I would even consider maybe. I've heard it's actually scary this time. Ooh. Because, like, I think people who worked on Dead Space worked on this. Oh, I did did hear that. So there's, like, some actual, like, horror to it. So that might be something to check out. I, uh, I was playing, I was playing, uh, Fortnite last night with Nick, Mm -hmm. one of our, one of our good pals. And, uh, we were in a party with, like, five other guys that were all playing, all playing that game, uh, the World War II one. Mm-hmm. And all it was was just constant, just, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. <laughs> like, I can't, how does this gun work? It's so dumb. <laughs> it's just constant yeah. disappointment. Not exactly a ringing endorsement, but, you know, yeah. it's fine. It's going to be like every other Call of Duty. I'm going to play the campaign just to, like, get the story and then never touch it again. So. Yeah. So what are you guys reading or watching or playing? I got a good one. Okay, go uh, ahead. I think I, I think I talked to you about it before. Um Theft of, let me, let me look up the name of the author. The book's name is uh, Theft of Swords. I think it's part of a series called the Ryera series. Okay. But it's, uh, you've seen Game of Thrones. Have you seen Game of Thrones? I have not. Oh, no. It's in the first episode, but. Okay, well, you, you got you got a little bit of, a, of an idea then. Or um, Lord of the Rings. I'm going to open up Audible. See. Like a high fantasy type. High fantasy. It's got its own little, like, you have, you have your dwarves and your elves and all that, but it's got its own little twist on, like, who they are and everything. Michael Sullivan. Okay. Uh, okay, so it is Theft of Swords by Michael J. Sullivan. It is a good... There are tons of books. There's so many books. I've gotten through one. It was 22 hours of audio. Oh, I just wow. downloaded the second, which is 20 hours of audio, <laughs> and I was looking through the list, and there's like there's like five more. I, that is, that's, I don't know what the real number is, nice. but there's a lot more. Anyway... Uh, it's really lighthearted, which is what I like about it. You got like two centers around two guys. Um, they call themselves Ryera, which is Elvish for two. In case you, good, in case good. you didn't learn that in uh, in high school, I'm learning. Um, now. Thank you. <laughs> good, good. One you got Hadrian and Royce. Royce is uh, he's kind of the thief of the two. He's more sneaky and small, and Royce is kind of this big knight. He's served in a lot of armies, and they're just like a jolly. This jolly partnership of guys, and they go on these wacky adventures. Like, uh, first book, um, not, not no spoilers or anything, but they um, they get they get hired to they'll be like in their local bar or tavern, just having having a few good drinks with their friends, and someone will walk in and say, "Hey, you know this king over in this realm? He needs his. I want you to steal a sword." And you're like, "All right." And then they go have this wacky adventure where they go steal a sword and they run into to old wizards and you get you kind of have all your lore from Game of Thrones and all of that, mm. but it's presented in more of like a Game of Thrones. You kind of see it through the eyes of the kings that are like yeah. in charge. Like they, they check all the boxes of like what fantasy is, but it's fun. Yeah, but it's really fun. It's just like these guys are like going across and it's like they come across across a wizard and he's like, "Oh, this tower's been around since the old empire," and they're just like, ah, "Okay, I don't really care." <laughs> and then they just like just move on. <laughs> Like, they're like, oh, this king is about to get in a fight with this king. And they're like, oh, all right. <laughs> just so, yeah. keep going. So they just kind of get wound up in the middle of stuff. Uh, it's really fun. You have, like, a good reflection on, like, classes because they're, like, a low class. And they kind of get caught in the middle of, like, all this high class, like, fighting. So you have, like, these two kings are kind of get caught in the middle of it. And they'll be like, ah, oh, you're in league with this king. And they're like, nah, we just do stuff for money. <laughs> it's real is fun. This, is this the first book in the series? Yeah. Or? So there's, let's see. I just downloaded this. I think it's a series of books all kind of put Mm -hmm. into one. I'm not really sure how it works. I think he just writes things just kind of around. It's got, um, and just kind of like bunches them together as he goes. Because the first book was like two or three books all Mm -hmm. all put into one. Okay. And I just started the second book like yesterday. 
and it's it seems like that's also quite a few books kind of put into one. They kind of have like a large story arc, and then like each of them is like a smaller story within that story arc. Okay, cool. It's real nice. It's real fun. I love it. All right, cool. Audible. Check it out. All right, Mitchell, what are you? Well, like doing? you mentioned earlier, um, um, I do have a shameless plug that um, for um, CM Life later, but I do actually have um, a TV series recommendation. Um, okay. I've been watching um, Mindhunter on Netflix. I've heard good things about that. It's excellent. It's um, David. It it's uh, David Fincher, the director of um, Fight Club, and Gone Girl, um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Social oh, Network, good. a lot of them. Um, some of like very great movies over the past ten or twenty years. He's directed the first two episodes and the last two, and he's been the producer for the entire series. He um, he also was played a similar role for House of Cards. He directed the first two episodes of House of Cards. Oh, really? Like he's been a producer for the series, but this is kind of his second foray into like television, also on Netflix. And it's about um, it takes place in nineteen seventy seven. Follows. Two um, FBI agents, one played by um, Jonathan Groff, who um, many people might know is played King George in ha- the Hamilton musical. And he okay. now plays an entirely different character. He's this um, kind of neurotic, naive, um, young um, FBI investigator. And um, the story kind of tells a fictionalized account. It's based off of a book, but it tells um, – a fictionalized account of when um, the FBI started investigating serial killers. Like this was shortly after um, the Charles Manson murders. They bring those up a couple times. Oh, I have heard of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds really cool. And it's kind of, um, you can really compare it to another David Fincher film, actually Zodiac from um, 2007. It had um, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Mark Ruffalo, um, Jake Gyllenhaal. And um, sounds like really uh, sad was, Avengers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just realizing this now, but it kind of is. But um, that one, what turned a couple people off to that movie was it's about the Zodiac Killer, but it's entirely told from the point of view of the people who um, chase after him. And it's very, um, especially because David Fincher also directed Seven with um, Brad Pitt, um, Morgan Freeman, which has kind of became one of the premier like Hollywood like serial killer movies. So these kind of um, typecast himself as like the serial killer director, but Zodiac is very methodical. It's very, um, very different from um, other z- serial killer movies. Um, it's it's based entirely just on um, the people who chase the serial killer and not really anything to do with the serial killer itself, because it's based off of a true mystery that was never solved. Um, you could probably compare it more tonally to Social Network, another movie he did, okay. than like any other serial killer movie. And Mindhunter kind of has a similar approach to that. It's not, um, it doesn't like fetishize the violence at all. It's all very matter of factly, very, um, pr- still very disturbing, but also um, it's based centered around just kind of these um, FB- FBI people just going around trying to kind of create a um, foundation for um, the police to be able to investigate serial killers more. Cool. It's cool. very good series. It's yeah, called Mind, uh, Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. That's cool. All right, cool. And you also have another thing here to plug. 
I do. We're all um, about shameless plugs here. <laughs> so I don't know if it's been said before, but I am actually a news editor for Central Michigan Life. Um, and then our um, Thursday edition will be kind of previewing um, Fantasticon, which is a um, pop culture convention um, that's Mount Pleasant's first pop culture convention, actually, um, of this size at least, um, which will be coming um, to Sorny Hill Casino um, November 11th and 12th. And so this is kind of our Wednesday, Thursday edition is kind of going to be called, I'm doing air quotes, our geek edition. Um, and one of the things that I've um, done for this issue is I've taught, done did an interview with um, Evan uh, Doc Shaner, who's a kind of rising star um, comic book artist. Um, he's done... Uh, he just got off of doing Future Quest for DC Comics. Oh, wow. He's done a couple series for Marvel and Dark Horse, but he's really with DC now. He's then his next big thing is he's going to be doing um, the Terrifics, which is kind of DC's um, really their it's their version of Fantastic Four. The it's DC hasn't gone on record, but like everybody knows, the only reason DC's doing the series is kind of. Because Marvel's not doing a Fantastic Four, so this is kind of like a lighthearted ribbing from sure. DC. Um, and so, yeah, um, Evan Shaner actually um, went to Central Michigan University. Uh, he kind of got his start as an artist um, writing for, draw, sorry, drawing for um, Central Michigan Life back when they did editorial cartoons. Oh, wow. Um, you guys did the T-Rexes? I couldn't say. We had a, we had a line of like, Somebody was here like a while back, just like drew T Rexes on everything, and so we have so many publications that have like T Rexes on them. And That's we all, amazing. Like, we all look back. We're like, what? There's a T Rex. <laughs> like, was that one guy? Who who was he? Where did these T Rexes come from? So the full transcript um, for this uh, interview will be online, plus um, um, kind of cut down version in the paper. But what I'm actually here to plug is actually um a small recording of the audio that I did while um, talking to Evan Shaner. Cool, right, cool. So, so we're going to seamlessly put that in right here, and then now. we'll be back. So you were a um, cartoonist for CM Life, correct? Uh-huh. Um, could you, what kind of things did you draw um, for the paper? Uh, I worked as the editorial cartoonist. All three and a half years, where you know three, three times a week for each newspaper. Um, mm-hmm. that, is it still three times a week? It's two times now. Okay, okay. Because mm-hmm. um, it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday paper when I worked there. Mm-hmm. It's so we had. Uh, I do the editorial cartoon for the Voices section three mm-hmm. times a week, and when I first started working there, they gave me a strip to do once a week um but (laughs) that only lasted a semester i think i you know i was still pretty new um to everything and the i'll I'll be the first to admit the writing wasn't very good (laughs) um but then my i think i can't remember exactly but i think my last year and a half or so um i did end up getting a like a one panel gag uh, strip mm-hmm. uh, every week just to do whatever I wanted because I wasn't that opinionated <laughs> mm-hmm. at least at the time about a lot of what was going on at the school Okay. Um, you know a lot of times the editor would feed me kind of what 
what was going on that week mm-hmm. and what they wanted to really get something on. And I drove from there. But um, it was nice to have a a cartoon every week where I could just do whatever I wanted, you know, make a quick joke and get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was called uh, Paint Chips, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um, after graduating from CMU, what was your first job, um, as an artist? I think my first real comic book job was a, is an anthology book from Oni Press. Okay. Uh, called Jam. This okay. was a while ago now. I think it was Jam, Tales from the World of Roller Derby. Um, you know, I, I don't really have any strong feelings about roller derby per se, but um, I got pulled out into that gig to... You know, it was, it was all these stories from actual roller derby players, um, and I, I got hired to adapt and draw the story. Okay, um... How how was that experience like personally? Uh, it was pretty daunting. Um, mm-hmm. I when I left Central, I even my during my time at Central, I never planned on becoming a comic book guy with mm-hmm. you know the, the mainstream superhero stuff. Um, I had completely planned on continuing to work in newspapers. Okay. Because um, that had always been my dream job. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got out, you know, there just <laughs> there weren't many jobs to be had. <laughs> um, so I kind of ended up falling backward into comic books, so to speak. Um, not that it was ever my backup plan necessarily, but um, you know, I read comic books and I enjoyed comic books, but I never thought about working in them. Mm-hmm. It was a new, it was a different kind of storytelling altogether. Um, so that first job was pretty daunting. Um, I, I, you know, I, I had to learn an awful lot while working on that. Um, not just as an artist, but as a writer. Um, so yeah, it was very intimidating. In addition to Only Press, you've also done work for Marvel, DC, and Dark Horse. Do you have any favorite company to work for, if you're allowed to say that? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I've never had, and this isn't just me being um, political, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, I, I've never had a, a truly bad experience, uh, especially at any of those. You know, even though my first book was at Oni, um, I had a great time at Dark Horse. They gave me my real my real start. Um, I don't think anybody really noticed the Oni book mm-hmm. or that I was involved. Um, people really started to take notice when I started working at Dark Horse for a short stint. Um, and even though I haven't done a whole lot for Marvel, um, I love the people there and I had a, I had a great time doing a couple things I did there. Um, but certainly, and not just because I'm still working there, but, um, I've had the best time, I think at DC, uh, they've been very receptive to me and my ideas. Um, they've been great people to work for and with. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've always felt very at home there. So, it, yeah, I've, I've had a great time at DC. And we're back. So much time has passed here. Not really. It's been like two seconds. But that's really interesting. Uh, I forgot 
briefly that we were going to have like a Comic-Con type thing here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that we'll be able to go to that. Sounds pretty cool. But I think that'll do it for us. So if you're interested in more, you could find us on Facebook and Twitter at Raving Geeks. You can also find us on Central Michigan Life's website, as well as all the other podcasts that we do. And you can find us on iTunes at Central Michigan Life Podcasts. And that'll do it for this week. We will see y'all later. Same bat time, same bat channel.